Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Acts 14. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against their brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lycaonian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He'd been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We bring in you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he's not let himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. He had been dragged out of there with a bloodied face, two black eyes and stone marks all over his body. Many had supposed he was dead. So when Paul showed up later and said it's through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God, he had some credibility. He also has something to teach us. In recent years, we've made entering the kingdom a salvation moment event. 
With this assumption, we can think that after we come to faith, God will look after us as we fairly passively pursue his plans. The sense of kingdom struggle has been sucked out of our story. Paul would be aghast at such an assumption. Paul knew that entering the kingdom was something that did happen at conversion, but it was also an ongoing activity in this life, and most crucially, would only fully occur when Jesus returns, destroys all evil, and releases redeeming renewal on all things in creation. Paul wanted all the church of Jesus to know that until the return of Jesus, she must endure a similar kind of pummeling to what Paul received in Lystra. The aggressive opposition of the dark powers is something his churches have to be able to survive and indeed fight back against. So, like with a boxer, Paul put a trainer and a cutman in the corner of each believer. The trainer was church leaders, verse 23, recognised, authorised elders who would protect, encourage and train the believer to fight for the coming of the kingdom that is already available right now. You need a good church leader in your life who inspires you and equips you to expect more, to experience more. The cut man was prayer and fasting, the intentional intercession for deliverance from evil and growth into all maturity. You need people praying for you by name with fasting. One of the biggest learning points for me in recent years has been quite how much I need to fight for the fullness of the kingdom among us. I'm slowly learning what it means to live in this chapter of the story that is characterised by struggle. It is through much hardship we must fight against the powers of darkness. But, as Paul shows us, God does very many things among us if we remain faithful in the fight. Here is a question for reflection. Who is your church leader? Are you allowing them to equip you for ministry? Who is praying for you by name? And who are you praying for? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.